Amen. God bless Amen. you and thank you again on tonight. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> tonight we are Facebook as we are broadcasting now, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and we will begin to broadcast on Instagram soon. Again, we're, we were led by God to start this ministry, and this is something we do on Tuesday nights. Uh, we come together at uh, Reverend John Mason's house and sit at his kitchen table and let the Lord feed us, and we try to feed you all. So on tonight, we're going to continue something that we started last week, um, the subject of this thing called sin. For those of you in the new audience that we're broadcasting on, on tonight, you're welcome to go back to any of the <clears throat> excuse me, Facebook pages that we put on the announcement that we would be on and look at our videos and catch up on things of that nature. Again, we're grateful for you guys being here with us on tonight. God bless each and every one of you. So we're going to look to go ahead on and do um, <clears throat> what it is we do every Tuesday night. And oh yeah, starting next week, we will be coming on on Thursday nights at um, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard that time. There's been some things that have happened that are going to cause us to move from Monday night, I mean, Tuesday night to Thursday night. So Reverend Mason, we're going to ask if you will, that you will go ahead on, lead us in prayer, and we'll seek to see what God has to say through what he's already said in his word on tonight. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, and we want to first of all say thank you just for another day that you allowed us to see, uh, another day to expound on your word, yes, Father. Sir. Father, we know that it is through your word, Father, that Christians need to grow. Amen. So, Father, help us tonight, Father, to expound in a way where uh, people can understand it like a child would understand, Father. Give Amen. us wisdom, Jesus. knowledge, understanding yes, tonight. Sir. And help us, Lord, to be uh, those mouthpieces, Father, that uh, are willing and ready, Father, to uh, share your word with someone. And Lord, we pray, as always, that someone would be saved tonight by your spoken word, Father. And we know that the angels in heaven will be rejoicing over that one sinner that comes to Christ. We thank you for it right now. And we just believe it's done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you again, Reverend Mason, for leading us in prayer. Tonight, we want to pick up and continue where we left off last week. Um, we were talking from the subject, as you can see, strolling across the bottom of the screen if you're on Facebook and should be up on Twitter. I mean, sorry, TikTok also, as well as Twitter and YouTube. Our subject tonight is this thing called sin. Some things that we dealt with last week was 
sin, the, the definition of sin, what it literally means. <clears throat> we all know that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And as Reverend Mason often says, when we're communicating past, present, and future sins. So he died to pay a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And so thank God for Jesus, who was the atoning sacrifice. He was the propitiation. That word means one who stood in the gap for us, for man's sin. Again, he didn't owe the debt. We owed the debt. But he paid the debt that we owed. And we are eternally grateful to him for that. On tonight, um, we want to again continue where we were. Last week, we talked about a host, a plethora of things, how the word sin is a little small word, but it is a big time problem. It's a small word, but it's a big time problem. We even highlighted where there's nothing wrong with the S in sin. There's nothing wrong with the N in sin. The problem with sin is always the I that's in the middle. And we also said you need to be careful with words that's got an I in the middle. Words like pride, P-R-I-D-E. Words like lie, L-I-E. And of course, sin, S-I-N. One of the problems with sin, outside of the biggest problem with sin being that it's something that God hates, is that oftentimes people are always concerned about other folks' sins instead of being concerned about their own sins. So we we have to learn how to um, always be concerned with our own sins and not try to magnify other people's sins. And you all know that sometimes we can be bad about that. always want to talk about what somebody else is doing wrong, but we don't want to lift up what we're doing wrong. Um, we don't want to deal with the wrong that we do. We don't want to deal with um, how from time to time, and I don't care whether you saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, I don't care how, how long you've been walking with the Lord, I don't care what it is. Everybody, saved or unsaved, commit sin. The Bible says Romans 3.23 all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not not y'all have sinned but all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what we want to realize or what we want people to understand is that sin is personal. Just like salvation is personal. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to recognize their own sin, their own shortcomings, and things of that nature. So uh, we just ask and pray that, that we begin to look at our own sins and that we uh, thank God for Jesus Christ, who right. actually died for man's sin. He, he 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 loved us so much that he wanted us to be with him. So God prepared a way, knowing that Adam was going to mess up. He prepared a way for us to 
come back or be able to get back to the fight. Mm-hmm. You guys have to forgive us. We have had so many inconveniences and issues going on. We're trying to get on live tonight. So just bear with us. We uh we've got had a few complications, technical and other things, and our other podcast member, uh, brother Sam Miller has joined us. So the full ministry is here on tonight. But again, as, as we were saying, sin is a small word, but it's a big time problem. And if you're not mindful of your sin, not, not other folks, but your sin, because I can only get to heaven for myself. Right. I, I can't help. I mean, I can't get there for, for you or for anybody else. You can't go for me. So what we as Christians have to do is to understand that there will be battles. There will be times when we can knock out stuff like some stuff don't bother us. But if you tell the truth, that's what we're about. There's some stuff that gets to you. That's some stuff that you struggle with that God is not pleased with. And so, excuse me, on tonight, we're going to go ahead and get back into this word. And we're going to open the floor for Reverend Mason and Brother Sam to join in and um, give their introductions as well before we look at Romans 6, 1 and 23 again on tonight. So, Brother Sam, if you will, if you want to share a couple of quick words, go right ahead. Then we'll have Reverend Mason come in behind you and we'll go from there. Um, not really, just um, thank everyone for joining us who is joining us tonight. Um, I think one that hit me, I'm just going to say this and let Reverend Mason have uh, have his way that that hit me while you were speaking. Sin isn't interchangeable. It, it's, there's no way to, to interchange sin to make it like a Lego piece to fit, fit you in a sense, you know, so that it's not interchangeable and it's, it, it is what it's exactly what it says it is. And like you said, we all fall short daily. There is not one without sin except for Jesus Christ who bear the sins of the whole world. So just that point is that it's not interchangeable. People try to make it seem that way in order for it not to be such a small word to be big because there is no little or big sin. Amen. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree with the both of you um, when we talk talk about sin. um, You know, you think about sin. Sin is not only just a a condition that we have. It's also an expression. Um, We're basically sinful by nature. Uh, And and the thing is, is that we're born corrupt from the beginning coming out of the womb uh and and we have a disadvantage right there (laughs) Uh, when when you look at uh, the sinful lifestyle it it naturally uh produces thoughts and and actions you know uh and a lot of times these things uh come to our mind and we have no control over it 
because of the influence that it has. You know, when you look at TV, um, the mind goes to what type of uh, TV shows you're gonna watch. Uh, when you listen to music, what type of music you're gonna listen to? You know, what are the lyrics actually singing? You know, are they helpful? Are they degrading? Are they uh, uh, using these lyrics in a way to uh, the way they express themselves in a, in a sinful manner? Uh, and music has a, a, a big effect on our thinking. And one of the reasons why it is is because we can continue to hear these songs that are played over and over and over again. So they're repetitious. Uh, have you ever said that you, you didn't like a certain song, and uh, but you kept the radio on the station all the time because a lot of the songs that they played you did like. But every now and then, here comes that one song that you don't like. Pretty soon, after hearing that song so many times, you find yourself singing it. Hmm. Or it, it's, it's in your mind because you've heard it so much. Right. And, uh, and, and that's kind of like the way uh, sin is. It produces certain thoughts and actions uh, that basically violate God's law. And so you have to be to the point where you, you examine this lifestyle that we're trying to live. Uh, what is sinful? And what is not sinful? Uh, we've already talked about, you know, that this sin uh, that we have to deal with is going to be a battle. Because uh, sin wants to rule over us. Yes, uh, sir. And basically, uh, until we're born again, oh, it has dominion over us, right? There's nothing we can do to get away from it besides uh, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that right there gives us the power uh, from the Holy Spirit to be able to have victory over this sin nature that we have. I think people need to understand exactly what sin is. <laughs> sin comes from a Greek word, <clears throat> harmatia. Sin pictures an archer and a bullseye. With his arrow, trying to hit the bullseye. Right. The bullseye is God's standards. That's what the bullseye is. It's God's standard for his children. Right. And so when you when the archer pulls back his arrow, aims at the bullseye, sometimes he hits, mm -hmm. but oftentimes he misses. Exactly. But as I said previously, if you miss the bullseye, at least you were trying to hit the bullseye. Right. So you were at least trying. That's how sin should be. We should always be trying to do what's right. Mm -hmm. And we say this all the time here. As Christians, we will never be sinless. Right. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. I don't care how saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled you say you are. You will mm -hmm. never be sinless. I agree. But as a Christian, you ought to. We ought to. Sin less. less. That's, true. That's what we should do. We ought to sin less. less. Sin should not be the practice of a Christian. 
If you're living in sin, if you're constantly doing sinful things, now sometimes there are strongholds. Right. Some things get a hold of us. But I don't care what type of stronghold there is, no stronghold is stronger than the Holy Ghost. A stronghold can be broken. But a lot of times it's like people used to testify. I, I, when they when they stand up and testify, I, I, I thank God for delivering me from a miserable life of sin. <laughs> well, our question is, if it was so miserable, why did we stay in it so long? Now, sin itself is miserable. But sin is always a choice. It's true. Whenever we sin, it's because we have a choice as to whether or not we're going to do what God wants us to do or we're going to do what we want to do. There's this battle. And I don't know if a lot of people remember it, but one time we did a podcast on the battle of the mind. There's always a constant war between the flesh and the mind, between the flesh and the spirit. They're constantly battling one another. And whenever we try to do what's right and we come up short, we simply ask God to forgive us. Right. And that's God's grace. And that's what Paul was talking about here tonight in Romans 6 and 1, where he says, shall we continue in sin mm-hmm. that grace may abound? Exactly. Conversation had been going on in chapter 5. There was those where Paul was discussing how Adam had messed up. Whereby Adam's sin, all men were condemned. Right. That was the first Adam. Right. And he said, thank God for the second Adam who came in with the abundance of grace to eradicate our sins. That when we mess up, we can go to God and just ask, Lord, forgive me. Man. The thing about that is, and I like to use this phrase, sometimes Christians are just grace abusers. That's true. That's what Paul is saying. Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. What they were saying was, well, since sin is so bad and grace is so good, what we need to do to make grace look even better is to keep on sinning. Yeah. I said, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Really? Jesus didn't go through all of that he went through for us to continue to live a life of sin. Right. He, he did not die the horrible death that he died so that we could just have fun in our sinful ways. And then when it's time for him to come and get us, we just go on to glory. Yeah. Living the Christian life is about sacrifice. What did Jesus say? If any man will come after me, the first thing he got to do is tell self goodbye. Right. And if you're honest with yourself right now, if you're honest Christian, that's not an easy, always an easy thing to do. I agree. Saying no to what you were accustomed to to so many years. Now, as the years go by, it should get easier and easier for us to do. We should be growing. We shouldn't still be babes in Christ. Yeah. It, It amazes me that people that have been saved for 10, 20, 30 years still aren't any further than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. Don't know no more than Psalms 23. Always want their way. Just babies. Always complain. Babies. But as Christians, we have to continually continue to grow up. Right. It's true. 
it's just you have to have some accountability there too it's kind of like the three of us as we sit here when you have someone that is teaching you even as a christian brother santa and sorry about that it's kind of like you have to have accountability as well there has to be some accountability. Like I said, it's kind of like the three of us as we sit here. When you become a Christian, and, and like you said, in babes, you you have a mentor there. And, and I consider the two of you my mentor. So as you begin to, there should be growth there, you said. But you, you can't grow on your own. It's kind of like a parent. When you have to take care of a child, they need that milk. At the same time, even with the new Christian, they need that 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 feeding they they need to grow and so that's when the that mentorship and those teachings come into place because without those they're only following their own direction on what they have so they're lost there so you have to have that 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 guidance there in order to follow that those rules that are there because you can you can say okay i'm saved i'm a christian but if you're not learning or being taught along the way because like you said it before river mason you have the sin of omission and commission so when they don't have an understanding and, and been taught that so now that repetitive of, of that same simple nature is still there it's going to continue to be there until you have a clear understanding of it and i think that's where some things get lost as well because if you're not taught it repetitively like you said to learn it over and over again like with sin over and over you're not going to continuously get it the routine the naturalness of it's not going to occur that's true if this paul says and thank you brother sam paul says shall we continue in sin First Sam, some people, and you use that word accountability, some people may say, Lord, help me say this the right way. Some people can't handle accountability when it comes to being a child of God. Right. Some people can't handle constructive criticism in the world and definitely in the church. Constructive criticism to some people appears like we're talking down to somebody or we think we're better than somebody. That's that's not the way it is. Constructive criticism is when someone sees a flaw that another person may not see and just makes that person aware of it. And prayerfully, they do it in love if they're a Christian. Right. Now, people out in the world do it any kind of way they want. But Brother Sam, a lot of us, and, and I pray that you and Reverend Mason and others that love me in the Lord keep and hold me accountable to the things that I need to do. Because if you see a flaw in Tillman that Tillman don't see, there's a benefit in Tillman understanding the flaw that you see. And what I need to do is when you come to me, is I need to take that is that you love me enough to tell me about something that I'm doing that's hurting me and making God look bad. Or you can just reverse though, make God look bad and hurting me at the same time. Sin is not a game. We know that grace is there, so we do what we do. 
I remember years ago, Budweiser used to have a commercial, this bud is for you. <laughs> I remember Budweiser, they said, well, you haven't worked hard enough this week, this bud is for you. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> and that's how some people deal with sin. Like sometimes they deserve some stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve to be able to just sin and say, Lord, forgive me. Because a lot of us have done this thing right here. I know I shouldn't say that, but I know I shouldn't go there, but I know I shouldn't do this, but <laughs> you know where I'm going. Well, God knows my heart. Right. Yep, God knows your heart. And Jeremiah talks about that heart. He says, the heart above all is desperately weak. Who can know it but God? And we often say that the problem, the heart of the problem is a problem with the heart. That's it. See, most of the time, a lot of what we're dealing with is straight heart problems. Right, right. But I also brought something to the church Sunday to where a lot of times people are doing things because of some type of past hurt. Mm-hmm. They never had help with it. Right. They don't know who to talk about with it. Mm-hmm. And I told them sometimes some saints would rather suffer in silence than share with other saints because some saints talk too much. That's true. And sometimes the hurt that people deal with, Lord help me, is the reason why they do the stuff they do. Right. Or sometimes they use it as an excuse to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I put a, what's the word I'm looking for? Or whatever the word is. There's no excuse for sin. <laughs> <laughs> the word eluded me that I was looking for. But there's no excuse for sin. Sin, was, sin is ugly. Oh, it is. Sin is selfish. Sin causes suffering. It causes sorrow. It causes death, destruction. It's devastating. It's true. I mean, just look at Calvary. Calvary is sin. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Calvary. What happened at Calvary was because of sin. Exactly. 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 I, I was just sitting here. Thinking about that exact thing there, um, I think a lot of times when 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 people sin and and, and we always know for the Christian, uh, sin shouldn't just be spontaneous. Sin should be something that we struggle with, you know, we wrestle with, you know, uh, because it's out to get us. You know, Galatians 5, you know, a very familiar scripture we talk about. Uh, sin is out to, to, to take you down. Yes, sir. You know? And so with, with the Christian, it should always be this struggle uh, where it's not so easily uh, where you give in to it. It should be this fight, this constant fight all the time. Uh, because the thing is, we have to use the power that we have. And, and, and Christ knew that. When he left, he knew that we were going to need this power of the Holy Spirit in order to live 
this Christian life. He knew we couldn't live it on our own power because if we could, he wouldn't have gave us the power or sent the power of the Holy Spirit to us. Because we would have been able to live the Christian life with no problem. But even with the Holy Spirit, we still struggle to live a Christian life free from sin because some of us do what uh, we talked about last week. Some of us know that sin is something that we shouldn't do. But because of the pleasure. You're talking about the pleasure principle? There's the principle. Because of the pleasure principle. You know, uh, Jack knows about that. And people, uh, people don't have pleasure in sin. No, they don't. If you think they don't. But sin is the driving force. Well, hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. Hold up, I'm sorry. You mean to tell me there's pleasure in sin? But but I'm recall of hearing when they were talking about Moses, they said Moses would have rather suffered with yes. the children of God mm -hmm. and to endure in the pleasure of sin for a season. Right. So why is it that we want to play with sin? Right. Well, it's it's because of the pleasure. Is any anything. And, and the thing is, is that the, the flesh always wants to be satisfied. It wants to be satisfied at, at all times. And, and that's the struggle that we have. When you look, you know, again, if we if we go back to Galatians chapter 5, and we begin to look at uh, where he says, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Which means... You, you you have those desires that are coming, but you won't carry it out. You won't give in to you know because you're you're walking in the spirit. Well, what's the other alternative? Well, if you're not walking in the spirit, then you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And and when you look at all of those different works of the flesh or those uh, sins that we commit, you know, he, he breaks it down again to where there's a uh, you look at the sexual sins and uh, the spiritual sins, and then there's sins of, of what we call society. You know? uh, all of those types of sins to the flesh brings it that pleasure. That's why it's so easy for us to engage it. We don't have a problem with that. So if sin brings the flesh pleasure, why are folks talking about they were living? a quote-unquote miserable life of sin. Because if it was so miserable, why stay in it? Right. Now, on one hand, a life of sin is miserable. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, that's a miserable way to live. Right. In sin. Right. Because of the end result. Mm -hmm. But what's the end result? The end result can be death at any time. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I don't care what people say, what they don't believe, or what, and Brother Sam, we're coming to you, what they don't believe, hell is real. Yeah. <clears throat> heaven is real. Right. Just and as we always say, it's heaven or it's oh, hell. hell. You're going to miss one. Exactly. That's true. Sam. No, you're all right. I mean, I, and I agree, but it's the, it's the part of not, you know, the, 
it always hit me and you said it already it's like god knows my heart you know he he knows my heart he know i can't you know he, he know what i can't can and can't do you know he it's kind of like the the feel good you never get the, the preachings of okay this is what sin is but you can also say that you know hey this is the we're not gonna you know and, and i and i we're not going to worry about that over there because look, we we talking about the you know all you have to do is believe and, and you'll be okay you know because that's when we we still I'm still on that, that beating that dead horse about being taught or being led in, in the wrong direction kind of like you're riding a horse but you're riding it backwards because you're not seeing where it's going but that's it all it all boils down to the choice of it all okay sir I was, I was just going to say, when, when we look at uh, uh, Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 1, and, and you, you threw that question out there, uh, where people thinking that, and, and I'm, I'm trying to see where they got that thinking from, uh, they're thinking that the more I sin, then the more grace I get. Mm-hmm. But the more you sin, the more consequences you deal with. And like you say, some of those consequences could be deadly. Now the Bible says there is a payment for sin. The wages of sin is death. They say let's sin more. Right. So grace can abound. abound. Mm -hmm. You say go if you sin more, there's more consequences. Right. People tend to think that's not true because of First John one. If we confess our sins, mm -hmm. He's faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us from all unrighteousness. Right. That don't say nothing about I got to pay for sin. Yeah. So, since He's gonna forgive me, might as well just keep doing what I do. Mm -hmm. where, where, where does it say I got to pay for my sins? Well, the Bible says that says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. So let's unpack that suitcase. Alright, let's unpack it. <laughs> Anytime you talk about wages mm -hmm. you talk about payment. Payment, exactly. Those of us that have jobs we work for our wages because we right. know we're going to get some type of reimbursement for what we've done. Exactly. But on this end the payment plan for sin is not a plan you want to be in. Right. It's not a plan you want to partake of. Yeah. Because it says the wages or the payment for a sinful lifestyle mm -hmm. is death. Right. Now, some people don't believe that once you die, you got to go to heaven or hell. They believe that that's just it. You just stay in the grave. Mm -hmm. Body rots, whatever, no more you. That would have been a waste of God's time. Yeah. Just to create us just to die. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it make sense? It's true. God created us for a purpose and God's plan. Here's the thing. And Romans 1 tells us everybody believes in God. Oh, they yeah. just yeah. don't want him, man. Yeah. yeah, I just don't want to admit it. They just don't want to admit it. <laughs> and some of y'all be wondering right to me, oh my God, well, what you gonna call on somebody you don't believe in for? It's true. Oh God, why are you calling on somebody you don't believe in? God help me. Wait, what? Wait, wait, you don't believe me. How are you gonna call on somebody you don't believe? Right. 
But there is a payment plan. I told somebody I would rather die believing what I believe and find out that heaven and hell is not real mm-hmm. than die living like the world and find out that hell is real. Right, right. Sin has a payment plan. And when it talks about death, it's not just talking about a cessation of life. Right. It's talking about the second death. Mm-hmm. Over in Revelation, it says, and death and hell were thrown into a lake of fire. It's true. So the rich man that's there now, he's being tormented. But when all things come to culmination, him and everybody where he is going to be thrown into a lake of fire. Right. Can you imagine a lake that's just burning? And like this, not just on top, all the way down is burning. That's just the top of you, what you would be able to see. Sin is real. Yeah. It's a real problem. It is. Uh, and, and, and I think we, we don't look at the price that was paid for sin. Um, when we, when, if you would study the crucifixion and how the Romans were experts at uh, uh, inflicting pain, then you would see that what Christ went through for us it's something that nobody wants to excruciate. Yeah, and, and that's the word for it, right? Excruciating pain. And and, and I like what Zeus said when when Harlot's wife was pursuing him. Okay. Uh, even though he could have enjoyed the pleasures of her trying to seduce him, he didn't look at it like that. And you would think that the average man would look at it like that. Oh man, this woman is pursuing me. I'm not pursuing her. She's pursuing me. So everything would be easy if I wanted to go ahead and go along with her plan. But he didn't look at it like that. He looked at it like that. He said, how could I commit such a great sin against God? Now, see, we don't look at it like that. When, we, when it comes down to sin, are we sinning? Before you even sin, one thing we have to look at is that the Holy Spirit is living within us. And what he does, he's like an uh he's like an alarm system. He warns you before you sin. And even if you override him, you grieve him or you quench him, and you go ahead and sin anyway. Well, he's still warning you, even while you were in the process of sinning, he's warning you then. And then he still warns you after you sin. So he's like this alarm system that's always warning you uh, about the sin that you commit. Because we have to look at it, and we said it uh, last week. Whenever you sin in in any way, way, you bring the Trinity, basically, into that sin with you. Uh, and again, I think it was uh, Charles Spurgeon, you know, he, he talked about, uh, he said that uh, what most Christians don't realize is that now because of your spiritual position in Christ, 
you're actually carrying Christ around with you everywhere you go. And see, most of us got this concept, well, you know, God, the Father, and Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's way up in heaven somewhere, you know, and I'm way down here. So when I sin, uh, I don't have to worry about it because he's up there. I'm not really sinning against him. No, you're making him sin with you, so to speak, because you're living in it. It's in him that we live, move, and we say we have our being. Plus, we are the body of Christ. And if we are the body of Christ, and Christ is the head, and you're in him, and he's in you, then whatever you do, you bring him in as part of David understood that thing. He did. David said in Psalm 51, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Exactly. And done this evil in my sight. I don't care who we sin against or whatever. Right. All sin ultimately is against God. Exactly. exactly. And, 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 and Hebrews 12, you were talking a moment ago, and this popped in me. Hebrews 12 said, Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. Every weight is a burden. What that is right there. And the sin. See, that 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 conjunction when I grew up, I used to watch cartoons on Saturday morning. You know, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Exactly. I remember that. Phrases and functions. And button all will get you very far. He said, lay aside every weight and the sin. Here it is. That so, so easily besets us. Yeah. If, if we would stop a lot of times before we sin and process everything, yeah. we wouldn't sin as much. Right. Because as you said, when they were saying, because grace is there, why don't I just sin more? Right. But but why would you want to just sin more? You know, just. Because they enjoy what they're doing. That's why I say there are grace abusers. Right. There are those Christians. Again, I know I shouldn't say that. I know I shouldn't go there. I know I shouldn't do this. But I've been in churches, and I won't call the denomination. That if you listen closely to the message, mm -hmm. it they literally sometimes preach a message of go ahead and sin, God will forgive you. <laughs> but they fail to say he'll forgive you, but there's some consequences attached to it. Attached to it. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's one of the biggest things. You can't things. just sin. Okay. Now go ahead. Let's go ahead. I, I agree. I think that's one of the biggest things, though. And you you hit it. You know, you're hitting that nail on the head. I think that some churches have made it um, seem like it's okay. So we have this distinction where, and I think we talk about it a lot, where you have it's okay to have a same-sex marriage. It's okay for the homosexuality because we're behind in the times the church is behind in the times but in, in an essence that's their thought their train of thought is that that in society that that's what these differences are and this is this practice is the normal this is the new normal in a sense so we're not having those conversations or those same teachings of the word they're taking the word and, and they're, they're making those bits and pieces of it 
And now in society, we want to be our own God. We want to have it our own way. We're going to do it our own way because we're supposed to, because this is our life and we're going to live the life the way we want to live our life. And so it's, it's been somewhat given to them and it's been made accepting but there's no like I said there's no accountability there's no even though we know that in the end what the accountability is going to come to but society has made it normal made it seem like it's okay even in the church it's okay because this is my wife but that's a woman but this is my this is my husband standing here in the pulpit and in essence those are the things that society has has tried to cloud the mind that sin nature is there and that's what's that's part of it as well so brother sam was trying to please clarify some stuff about even though society says things are okay god does not agree with that oh, i agree and it's not meant for us for god to agree with us it's meant for us to agree with god Right. Exactly. This, this just came back to me, so it must be right for me to ask this question. Why is it nowadays that the messages from the pulpit are everything but about sin? It's true. People don't preach about sin anymore. Right. They preach about you getting your healing, you getting your miracles, you getting your breakthrough, you getting your blessing. God getting ready to take you to another level. Where is the wages of sin is there? Where is preach Christ and him crucified? Right. Where is go out and compel men and women to come in because there's room at the table? Where is no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God? What message? The, every messenger that preaches the word of God is an imperfect individual. Right. I remember preaching one time and I said something like this. I said, God will take an imperfect man or woman, give him a perfect word, let that imperfect man or woman preach a perfect word to imperfect folks. It's true. Because we're not perfect. We now we're not perfect from the world's standpoint. And people need to understand you can be perfect from a biblical standpoint. You know, believe me, the Bible says Job was a man perfect and upright. God said, be perfect for I am perfect. And the Bible says in Psalm, mark the perfect man. So how can I mark a man that's not perfect if the, according to the world? But the Bible says he's perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's complete. He's mature. Right. You got to understand the definitions here. There you go. None of us are perfect from a point that we will never make a mistake. Right. There are mistakes that are set for us to make that we don't have a clue we're going to make. It's true. But we cannot take our definitions of the way things are and want God to conform to our thing. Mm -hmm. The Bible said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. The Bible also tells us that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So that means my old lifestyle, my old habits are no longer what is acceptable. Right. I now have to follow Christ because he said, 
If any man will come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Hardest thing for him to do uh, is deny yourself. That's that's the biggest problem with all of us, right there. Uh, we we try to blame. Uh, uh, we, we try, try to blame the devil, devil <laughs> for everything. Uh, and I think Flip Wilson got that started years ago. The devil uh, made me do it, you know. And, and, and actually, Christians even think that the devil uh, is behind every corner lurking. It's this devil that's causing me to do this or say this all the time. But sin has a way of. Uh, just, just making, making you do, do things without the devil's help at all. You know, we, we have, have a sinful nature. nature. We were born with that sinful nature that Adam has now to us when he sinned in the garden. And so whenever you're, you're, you're sinning, Satan, you can't say that it's always him. See, that's, that's what we've been doing for a long time. Adam and Eve done the same thing for a long time. And this is what they done. They passed the buck. When Adam sinned, what did he say? He said, it's that woman. That woman you gave me. You gave me. If I hadn't been for that woman you gave me, I wouldn't sin. Well, what did Eve say? He said, it was a serpent. He beguiled me. He beguiled me, you know. And I often make a little joke about that, you know, when you uh, look at Satan, you know, Adam looked at Eve, Eve looked at the serpent. Then when God got to look at the serpent, you know, who did, who did the serpent look to and say he made him do it? <laughs> Book stop there. Book stop right there. Say he, he's the one. And so when, when you when you look at that, you, you look at that in a way we don't want to take responsibility for our personal sin. And, and that's what it is. It's personal sin. Because we all have, if we're born again Christian, we all have a personal relationship with Christ. And we are all responsible for our personal sin that we commit. And a lot of it is done by us. Satan is, is nowhere in the picture messing with us. Now, sometimes he is. But a lot of it is just us. Only thing Satan can do is give us a thought. It's up to us whether we buy it or reject it. Right. Right. But one thing we've got to learn how to do is be honest. Yeah. Now, people are quick to say, well, I ain't there yet. Of course where you're not there. That, no, 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 no. Because I know you want to know where is that. <laughs> where is that? They're saying, I haven't reached that point to where this particular portion of scripture I'm proficient in. <laughs> I guess that's where Darius. I'm not there yet. Of course we're not there. But we ought to be getting there. Yeah. That's what the Bible talks about from growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Yeah. That's some stuff that ought not bother some of us. Mm -hmm. Some of us still get bothered when folk talk about us. Yeah. I used to have that problem a long time ago. I did. I couldn't, especially when somebody lied on me. Right. I couldn't stand it. My mama helped me with that. God bless, rest her soul. Mm -hmm. She said, Greg, they lied on Jesus Christ and you ain't no better than him. There you go. 
And now when people lie on me, I just say to God, I thank you. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, I say, be careful because you're lying on the God that lives within me too. Right. Well, they're just doing what they're supposed to do. Um, we, we, we look at sinners and we 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 so called by them, you know, and, and, and shocked by them, you know, by the things that they do and the things that they say. Say what? And we, we, we're blown away because we can't believe the audacity that they would sin in the way that they sin. I can't help it. I was born this way. I can't help it. I was born this way. That's true. That's true, brother. Sam. They were born that way. Uh, even when you uh, you hear people say that, and that's very common these days. Oh, I was born that way. Well, I agree. I'm not even gonna argue with you. You're trying to tell me it's some people that are saved now that put sinners down. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 2 and you have, have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as other but God have they forgot about the but God? It's the only difference. No, no, I, I, I have to preach it. I don't know when, but one day I got to preach how soon we forget. How soon we forget. Yes, sir. We forget. I used to go to church with a girl who brought her cousin to church. Her cousin got one of the guys at the church got to a little girl. Girl got pregnant. She dogged her cousin. But she forgot. She had a baby out of wedlock. But she's married now, so she's good to go. You forgot yeah, you got a child out of wedlock. How you gonna dog somebody for doing the very same thing you did? Right. We tend to forget. Yeah. And that's why I say it's never about another person's sin, it's about my sin. Right. Right. That, that's one of the biggest problems with us. We we'll look at somebody else's sin. And the first thing we'll say, well, at least I'm not doing this. And at least I'm not chasing women or chasing men. And at least I'm not drinking. And, yeah, and at least I'm not, you know, doing crack. Um, but the thing is, they're measuring themselves with the wrong person. There it is. See, when you measure yourself alongside of Christ, no matter how good and righteous you think you are or how sinless you have committed or think you are, when you measure yourself besides Christ, you come up guilty every time. Come up short. You come, come up short every time. Exactly. You got to come up short because he's the perfect one who never committed any sin. So we're never perfect when it comes down to being sinless. So you're always going to be guilty. You're always going to come up short when you measure yourself with Christ. And that should be our standard for measurement right there. I like to say as Christians, we're not perfect according to the world's standard. Mm -hmm. We're being perfected. Go ahead, Brother Sam. Oh, okay. So so we're not perfect. We're just being perfect then. However, in the midst of our perf being perfect then, we still are supposed to live a life that's honorable to God, that's pleasing unto God. Right. And 
living a lifestyle of sin does not please God. It's true. Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He hit him with the God forbid. Right. He said, how shall we that are dead to sin continue to live any longer therein? When we confess Christ, when we ask Jesus to come into our lives, we died with Christ. We were crucified with Christ. So we are not to continue to live a sinful lifestyle. Right. We can't keep indulging in the ple the pleasures of the flesh. And this right here just came to me. Sin is a blessing blocker also. Hmm. Sin withholds some things from us that God has for us. Sin keeps us from doing some things. And you know what I just heard, Mason? What's that? This book right here. Smaller version. All right. Sin will keep you from this book. And this book? This book will keep you from sin. <laughs> That's true. I can't get caught up in what others are doing. I can in the sense that I pray for folks. Um, you know how I witness when I do. I was presented with a situation Saturday. Mm -hmm. and it was just some guys standing at the gas pump. And they looked a little rough. And I'm like, Lord, they don't want to hear what you're telling me to say to them. I don't really want to impose on these dudes. Right. If I had not did what he told me, I would have sinned. Right. And who knows by what I said or shared with those guys through his spirit, what's happening to them. Because I, I, I do it the way I always do. I just ask this one question. If you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? Right. I was like, guys, can I ask y'all just a quick question? I'm a preacher just hold tight. Because if you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? One dude was like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, why not? And I left him with this right here. Don't die without knowing Jesus. And not just knowing about him, knowing in person. It's good to know about Jesus. Yeah. Because that'll make you fall in love with him when you know about him. It's true. And it ought to make you come on to him to understand what he did for you just mm -hmm. to be here right now. Right. What he went through, what he endured, what he suffered. I share with people a lot, Reverend Mason, what you say about Jesus as a young fellow. <laughs> You say a lot of times that from the age of 12, when he went after his parents found him in the temple until 30, he probably had to have walked past Calvary on multiple occasions. <laughs> Can you imagine walking past the place where one day you're going to die? He already knew how he's going to die. Yeah. I can imagine every time he walked past there. Because he was fully God and fully, fully man. Man, man kind of shivered a little bit. Right. Right. Sin is nothing. Sin is not pretty. Yes, we all be honest. Sin is pleasurable. That's mm -hmm. why we do it. We enjoy it. Yeah. You ask somebody why they cuss, because I feel good after I cuss somebody out. Right. right. I get to express myself yeah. a whole lot better. I ain't got to hold that in me. Right. 
somebody. Now this one, I don't understand it. Even when I was doing it, I, I didn't feel good about it. But folk brag about how messed up they got. Oh yeah. How yeah. high and how drunk they got. Yeah. What's good about that? Man, we got lit last night. Oh yeah. You bragging about the fact that if the Lord would have called you, you'd have ended up in hell. Can I tell the story about the lady three minutes from salvation? You can. That was a lady that said once she turned 30 years old, true story. She said she was gonna give her life to Christ. She was gonna stop partying, stop clubbing. She's going to give it all of it and give her life to Christ. And every year on her birthday, she would get with her girls and they would go out. But this particular night, she's like, no, I'm not going out. I'm going to stay home. And the girlfriends pressured her. And she said, all right, but at midnight, I'm going to leave and I'm coming home. And so the young lady goes with her friends, goes out to the club. And she's on the dance floor having fun. Mm -hmm. Watching the clock, looking for midnight. At 11.57 p.m., she fell dead on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. She was three minutes from salvation. Three minutes from giving up a sinful lifestyle. And missed it. Now she's eternally in hell. I won't tell somebody it's not worth it. Right. Say it's not worth it. My old pastor said, he said he woke up one night dreaming he went to hell. Mm. He said it's scared. There's a book called The Divine Revelation of Hell by a lady named Mary Kay Baxter. Read that book. It'll scare hell out of you. <laughs> Leo Daniels, you can find it on YouTube. Preach the sermon. What in hell do you want? Yeah. I'm here to testify. I don't want nothing in hell. Not a thing. No, I don't want to see nobody in hell. Right. If I got a loved one in hell, I'm sorry. I can't come visit you. Because hell is forever. It's true. And hell is the result of sin. Now, somebody was saying that people don't die because of sin. They die because they rejected Jesus Christ. Well, why would you reject Jesus Christ? Sin. Sin. Yeah. 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 Sin is what keeps us away from him. Sin is why broad is the way that leads to destruction. Yeah. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Mm -hmm. That's it. Sin. Well, listen to what you just said. You said that sin will keep you from this book. And this book will keep you from sin. Mm -hmm. But what is the book about? Or who is the book about? The book is about Jesus and his sacrificial death. Right. That gives us what? Eternal life. life. Exactly. In spite of our sins. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so that's why people need to be careful what you listen to. It's true. What Paul tell Timothy? Study. Sure, Brother Sam, what Paul tell Timothy? Study. Yes, sir. Show thyself approved. But yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to. It's a must. It's a must. Study to show yourself approved. Well, 
that's that's where when we come down to winning these battles over sin that's where the, the majority of it comes from right there because you have to understand if satan is bold enough to come with christ or come at christ quoting scripture mm, what do you think he'll do to you yeah trying to get him to sin what make you think <laughs> he's not going to come at you like that and, 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 if, and if you don't know scripture excuse me brother if you don't know scripture <coughs> you're already defeated because how are you going to know what scripture to quote in order to have victory over him and I don't know not only him but over the world and, and even uh, over your own self scripture will help keep you personally from going into sin when you when, when you got scriptures in your mind you're like yeah I feel like doing this, but I've been not doing it because certain such things say, you know, that's not what I'm supposed to do. That word. Right. That's what David said. And I hid in my heart. That I what? Might not sin against you. And so here's the thing. He's like, why are you going to hide God's word? Then you can't find it. That is not what it means. Right. He said, I stored it up in my heart. That's right. That's right. So when I need it, I can go get it. That's right. Like the hard drive. Right. <laughs> no, I was saying that he said when I was just thinking, he said, when Satan comes, he'll make it look real good. It won't come at you all ugly. No. Come at you looking looking good. Everything that you you desire, that's where it'll come looking. He said, Your word have a head in my heart. That I might not then he said that word is a light unto my path. Yes, sir. Lamp into my palm. Yes. Something about the word that if you get into this word, the word will get in you. Exactly. Exactly. It'll, it'll get into you. It's true. If you get into it, the, the, the word, the word is, is what will sustain you. And, and it gives you knowledge for every single thing that comes against you. As a scripture for, for everything that comes against you. Um, we often talk about uh, how to win this battle against sin. Uh, I mean, we gave an example one time. said, if you had two dogs and one of the dogs you fed every day mm -hmm. okay the other dog you neglect you know, you didn't feed him you know you, you might have fed him one one time during the week but you had this other dog where you fed him seven days a week right okay at the end of the week which dog you think is going to be the strongest the one you well, feed the one that you fed right. exactly the other one be suffering from malnutrition and He's weak because he didn't have the necessary nutrients in him in order to, to be strong. But the other one, on the other hand, he's going to be strong because that's the one you fed. But when it comes down to God's word, it's the same way. Same principle. Yeah. Same principle. What's nature? Yeah. Are you feeding the most? Brother Sam, exactly. Brother Sam, put a bow tie on this. 
No, y'all go ahead, man. My, you know, I, my voice ain't coming through quick, but yeah, definitely, I'll put a bow tie on. I agree, I agree as well. It's, it's so many things in there. I mean, the, the choice, um, the desires. Um, so that that's that's those are the things, man. That that really boils it down to. It's the choice of it all. You know, I understand that it all boils down to a choice, and it all boils down to the strengthening at that word in you. And, and how strong you are and close you are with God and that connection that you have. You'll have those, I think we spoke about it as well, the toolbox. That toolbox, that word is a toolbox. And the more of those tools that you have in there, you can use it to, you know, to, to repair, to re, to fix or to even repel against those things, you know, that, that come against you. So, I mean, to me, it's always going to be that choice that we have. Um, we're always going to be fighting against the flesh and the spirit and the spirit and the flesh as a war because it's always going to be there. But it's, it should get easier as you begin to grow in Christ. It should be. And if it isn't, then you really need to take a self-evaluation of, of what you have going on and what you're doing. Because within that evaluation, it's going to tell you so much about yourself and what you're really not achieving so th those aspects of it all is truly what it boils down to amen thank you brother yeah uh when you think about it too um i, I keep going back to uh that, that question that the um Lorenzo's asked paul about shall we continue in sin uh, that grace may abound uh, as a Christian we should get more to the point that where we hate sin more as we grow and seeing if we're, if we're not hating sin then you're leaning more towards sin and and, and sin is going to be the very thing that takes you down. Uh, I, I look at this, but I, I'm thinking if I'm going to be victorious in this Christian life, I'm going to have to feed myself. I'm going to have to change. Look like this. We're going to have to change our diet. That's what we're going to have to have. If we, if we don't change our diet, then we're going to get the results that we get um, from a person who knows that they should be eating healthy, but they're not eating healthy. They're eating in a way that could be basically uh, bad for the health. Well, it's the same way with us. Uh, if we don't change our diet when it comes down to sin, it's that sin is going to be victorious. And, and sin's gonna overtake us, and, and uh, uh, sin's gonna, gonna get the victory in our lives. So uh, I, I'll say it, and I, I keep saying it. Um, we've got to get to the point where we understand how serious sin was for Christ when He died on the cross. Um, took on the sins of the whole world died for the whole uh, sins of the whole world both past uh, present and future sins and if sin wasn't important if sin wasn't going to be uh, a, a major issue for us then why would he come down here 
live the life that he lived, die the death that he died for us if it wasn't an important issue. And so now he's given us a way to be victorious over sin. And all we got to do is do exactly what we need. How did he defeat Satan? Well, he defeated Satan in the garden by doing what? Quoting scripture. He didn't use anything. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, sing a song. He didn't speak in tongues. And he didn't call down fire from heaven. And he didn't do none of that stuff. All he did was just quote a scripture. And the Bible say once he quoted scripture, and they were going back and forth. Satan's trying to twist scripture on him, you know. But how you gonna twist scripture on on scripture? You're talking to scripture, you know. You're gonna try to twist scripture on him. How you gonna do that? And he knew better because he used to live with him in heaven. He knew better, but he gonna try it anyway. I mean. If he would try that on the living word, what do you think he's going to do to us? Hey, we hope you've enjoyed this word on tonight. God bless you. Thank you all for joining us. Again, sorry about the technical delivery. I mean, difficulty. Uh, we had a time getting set up tonight, but I thank God has shared a word with us on tonight that was very uh, needed and prevalent during this time. Um, again, and Brother Sam, this is something we're going to start doing. We're going to move the podcast from Tuesday night to Thursday night due to obligations that are coming up and things of that nature. Same time, 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Having questions, you can leave us a message that for such a time as this, 411 at gmail.com. Leave a comment on our Facebook page. Of course, all of our contact information, is, we put it up before each and every episode. Again, we bless you. We thank you. Hope we've said something to help you along the way. This thing called sin is not a joke. If you're living a sinful life as a Christian, ask God to forgive you. Ask his spirit to help you. And he will do just what you ask him to do. Father, we bless you. Amen. We thank you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. Now, God, thank you for bringing us to the conclusion of another podcast. And so, God, on tonight, we hope and pray we've said things uh, in accordance with your words, your will, and your way. And we hope we have been scripturally and contextually correct in our discussion of the word. Now, God, bless each and every individual that tuned in on tonight, God. We pray you bless them with the blessings they stand in need of. Bring us back to this setting at the time that you will have us be on the next time. It's in Jesus' name we ask and we thank you. Thank you for these gentlemen, dear God, who are here with us on tonight. Again, we pray we've been a blessing to somebody. Thank you for each and every one that watched us again on tonight. Those who commented, Bless them with the blessings they stand in need of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.